0: Hey, what's up, Story Geeks? Thanks for joining us today on the Story Geeks podcast. I'm Justin, and today we'll be discussing Untitled Goose Game by House House. Cue honking sound. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) I consider myself a casual gamer, like much of our current Story Geeks community, but I am joined today by a serious gamer. My co-host for this series, Mr. Ryan Smindoll. How's it going, Rye? Happy to be here and with us for this episode is one of our fellow story geeks podcast hosts miss natalie guzman how are you natalie
1: i am great i am so excited to talk about this
0: it's gonna be great so thanks for listening in the story geeks podcast is produced by the reclamation society and to make sure you don't miss any of this series on video games and to check out our other great content please join the story geeks facebook group That is where most of our dialogue is happening for each of these games. And if you want more information on us and a backlog of all of our content, check out thestorygeeks.com. This is our first podcast discussing a specific video game and we've got four more games on the way, but we wanted to make sure we began with a spoiler warning. Similar to how we approach our Dig Deeper episodes, we'll be looking at big ideas and discussing this game in its entirety. So if you aren't ready to hear about the game yet, go play it and then come back to this podcast. But with that being said, Ryan, as the curator of our list, Could you give us a quick synopsis of the game? Absolutely.
2: So, this is a puzzle and simulation game. A very unique kind of game where you play as a goose, complete with the waddle, the goose physics, the honk button, the neck bend and wing flap, and all of those beak-grabbing behaviors. (laughs) And you emerge from your habitat across the pond and waddle into town and immediately becomes apparent you have an agenda, this mischief list, and your first unsuspecting subject is this gardener. So you're tasked with stealing his thermos and picking all of the things out of his garden to make a picnic on a blanket and to get him wet and to steal his keys and lock him out of the garden and just basically ruin his day. And so once you complete these tasks, he goes, he puts a sign out saying, no goose, And you even cause him to hit his thumb by honking at just the wrong moment. And he misses with his hammer. And then he falls into the gate, falls over, waxes his head. And now you have access to the next part of your journey. And so you continue forth, waging all kinds of havoc through the town. And finally, in the great reveal at the end, you go into the model town. And Mm. this reminded me a lot of Hot Fuzz. And the, the whole idea
0: at the end <laughs> that the town is so into themselves that they have a model of themselves. Right. And like in Hot Fuzz, the steeple gets broken off. But that's very different in Hot yeah. Fuzz versus Untitled Goose Game.
2: <laughs> exactly. In the climax, your one goal is to steal the Golden Bell. And that's atop this little model tower. And so you spend, you know, a whole minute breaking down that tower, (laughs) stealing the bell and then becomes this final slapstick chase as you're running back through all of these areas in the town, back to your habitat, where you drop the bell into a pit and you suddenly connect the dots. There are dozens of other bells in that very pit, which implies that you, the goose have been terrorizing this very town for months or years. So this game, I've sometimes misspoken, I've called it the unentitled goose game, but Mm. if anything, it should be called the entitled goose game (laughs) because the goose is entitled to do anything he wants. So now let's talk about our impressions. I'm curious, Natalie, what did this quirky game make you think about or feel
1: what I remember when this game came out and I was trying to tell people about it, especially my non-gamer friends, they just gave me the weirdest look. Like, why does this <laughs> sound fun? And I had a hard time explaining, but like the impression, the emotions this game left me was just pure, simple humor that just made me unexplainably giddy. Like. Mm. I can't quite explain why it brings me so much joy. And that's going to be my goal today is to dive into why breaking havoc on people made me happy. This might be something (laughs) I may need to reflect on, but I had that output in a video game. And gosh, it is just a hilarious, humorous, simple game that I just couldn't get enough of.
0: Mm. I had a very similar experience And what I was thinking about was how so much of the reason that Ryan and I are creating this podcast is to create a community around experiencing video games. And I got that with this game. I played this with my wife and we just handed the controller back and forth and we were laughing together and we were giving each other ideas and strategies and tips and things to try. So it was a fun experience of community. And then... Going back to what you were saying about the model town, I kept thinking about kaiju movies like Godzilla, and the visual became a great analogy of what the goose had been doing the whole time, just towering over these poor people and destroying things. And then we put on Facebook some questions to get other people's opinions. And so Lynn and Jimmy both made comments on Facebook about how they wanted the game to be longer, which resonated with me. I'm used to playing longer games and I really enjoyed this game, but I think you said Ryan didn't overstay its welcome. And then Deborah, my mom, was talking about how she played with her grandkids, which just highlighted how stories resonate across generations and i was able to interview one of my nephews and two of my nieces on their experience of the game so here is a short clip of phone audio of some of their thoughts what did you think of untitled goose game um the goose was funny and it was very fun and a little hard it was just like really fun i like like the goose like wobbles around and drops things i think that the untitled goose game is a fun and challenging game yesterday my dad said that he liked it because It's kind of like a puzzle. It's also very kid-friendly. The goose is a funny, mischievous character who is making trouble wherever he goes. I would not like to be the goose in reality, but it's fun to play with on a video game. What was your favorite thing to do in the goose game? Make the gardener smack his finger. With the hammer? Yeah. Yeah. I like when he hammered his thumb and then he fell over. I like when I had to trap the kid in the phone booth on level 2 to get into the TV store to get on TV. Do you think you would get mad if a goose was doing that in your backyard? Yes. Yes. Kind of, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so I think they're definitely in the running for the cutest story geeks award. I don't know about you. guys. (laughs) I I agree. They're so cute. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, just laughter is, I don't know, universal. But thanks to everyone that jumped into the conversation on Facebook. We want to keep that momentum going and keep making this feel like what we're calling, quote unquote, a book club for video games. So I'm glad that we were able to get some of that interaction. I too played the game with my kids and
2: they're uh, seven and six, and they just, they wanted to play the same thing over and over again. Where the gardener hammers his thumb. Yes. Yeah, so they found out, all you do is just grab the sign, dump it over, and then the gardener goes back. (laughs) He sets the sign back up, raises the hammer, you know, oh, not yet, not yet. And then the the six-year-old was so excited when he just nailed the honk right at the right time, and bam, hits his thumb and falls over. (laughs) <laughs> and it's, it's just this moment of triumph, and he just, in glee over his <laughs> over
0: his cause pain <laughs> over the gardener. <laughs> and that's so early in the game. You heard in the clip that my nieces and nephews talked about that too. So there's something universal about that moment.
1: I love that Like we're talking about who we played this game with. Um, In my situation, my fiancé and I actually brought our... Nintendo switch over to his parents' house because he was so excited to show them this. They have a great sense of humor, and they don't play video games whatsoever, but during a visit to his parents, we were able to hook the whole system up and play the entire game from start to finish, and you would have thought we were watching like a couple hours long comedy, but they Mm. could not stop laughing, and it was the same reaction the moment the gardener hits his thumb on that sign. Like His parents just howled with laughter, so I love the humor that ranges from kids to grown-ups and like from our children to our parents it's it's phenomenal uh,
2: so there's this idea called is it is it called schoidenfrude or something like that
1: schoidenfride
2: schoidenfride
1: Schottenfreude. Something okay. along those lines. I'm not a fluent German speaker, but yeah, me neither. I'm familiar with the word.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not familiar with the word. I'm listening.
1: Oh, you're going to you're going to love this. That
2: idea <laughs> runs through this whole game. It's the it's the idea that we take pleasure in other people's pain. <laughs> <laughs> And and in fact, this becomes a bonding moment for all of us here as we have bonded <laughs> with our wife, fiance, kids, yeah. grandkids, over the pain of these poor <laughs> townsfolk.
1: <laughs> and I think this was, this was my outlet of experiencing schadenfreude. I'd like to consider myself a thoughtful, kind, empathetic individual in real life. <laughs> I really, really hope that's the case. But there was something very, uh, I guess the word is just fulfilling about being able to wreak a little inconvenience and find joy of it, if at least in a fictional setting.
2: I'm curious why. (laughs) (laughs) Why is this game so funny, right? Why why do we want to share the misfortune together? Maybe because we've got bad memories with geese that we're all working Mm. through, you know? Deep down, when we were children, a (laughs) goose did
0: something to you. And... (laughs) This, this game is our working of it out. <laughs> One of the things that I found funny was how seriously I was taking the game for such low stakes. You know, <laughs> when I'm trying to sneak and be really stealthy, and I read a couple articles that compared this game to... Hitman or Splinter Cell with no violence and so I think I was taking it with that kind of intensity at times but then you know kind of having to back up a minute and I'm like okay I'm just stealing a carrot I'm just trying to put loo paper in a basket you know it's (laughs) very low stakes and so I think that juxtaposition was really funny for me and then I also think the simplicity of the art and the sound design made so much funny. Like, just the sound of the pitter-patter of the feet on different surfaces (laughs) would strike me as hilarious every now and then. Or just the sound of something heavier grinding against the ground as the goose was just trying to drag it from place to place struck me as so funny. So there were just even simple audio cues that were striking me as hilarious. That soundtrack is
2: a remix of Debussy, Preludes. And it's a jazz piece. So it works perfectly with the comedic beats yep. as it, it drops out. And then all of a sudden, when you have the attention, you're within range of a human being whom you're interacting with. All of a sudden, this twinkling metally begins. And then as you sneak in or grab something and the human is now chasing you, it yep. soars. And it's so clever how these musical Cues are playing or or like riffing or improv off of what you are doing as you play Mm. Which makes it almost like you're composing music in the moment a music of mischief.
0: Yes I think you could have like a good deep conversation with the Joker about that
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's awful the the other things I noticed were It's this whole idea the penguins. um, Why why do we find penguins so cute and it's this appropriation of their waddling walk. It looks like a toddler. And mm. it struck me that the goose is kind of similar, waddling a little bit like a toddler through this town, half-sized, and of course getting into a toddler's kind of trouble, grabbing things they shouldn't grab. And you can imagine the goose as being very Machiavellian you know, with his list and you know, going to Cause all the kind of pain he possibly can, or you can imagine him as just being brainless and not having any idea what he's doing, mm. but ending up doing the most the things that would most ruin this person's day
1: mm. was was there a task that any one of you found like as your favorite to accomplish on any of those lists? Because I know for my fiance and I our absolute favorite was getting the boy to buy back his own toy, his own toy airplane. (laughs) Um, I don't know what it was about that that just made us laugh so hard. And then we realized you can do that an infinite amount of times. Oh no. So we probably spent 10 minutes doing that exact same thing a fair number of times. That had to be my favorite task out of all of those on the list.
0: That's hilarious. I don't know what it was, but that little boy and in the credits, he's referred to as the wimp. He is. He <laughs> was the only one that I had a sense of remorse about at all. Especially as you get into the additional ones where it's like, trip him in the puddle. Like, oh, <laughs> poor little guy. I'm so sorry. I'm just doing this for the check mark. I'm so sorry.
1: <laughs> well, that probably has to do with what we're we talking about. We might have this like ingrained fear of geese from our childhood experiences trying to get near one. So... That's this boy's experience with
0: Lyme. Yeah,
2: Yeah, my kids loved putting the goose on television. Yeah. <laughs> sneaking, sneaking into that the TV funny. shop.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think the achievement that I liked was getting all of the flowers together. I think somehow I justified, like, I'm creating beauty. So all the destruction <laughs> that I'm causing is now justified because of these five flowers in the basket.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of genius in the mechanics of the game. When you're dragging something, it's always more intense because you move slower and mm. the humans can catch up. And so you you try to get a running start and sometimes you, you get caught. And then when they grab, say, the broom, you're like dangling from the end and won't let go or you let go and, and fall. <laughs> and these just animation touches were these genius moments in just how how the game how the game was composed mm. and i think it, it lent a lot to the humor of it for me just observing those comedic beats even the moment you're observed they make a little hop and yeah. spread their legs like they get into that you know hamburglar stance <laughs> and they begin to like twinkle after you <laughs> That and, and the pratfalls and, you know, the classic slapstick you see through it are just so genius. Even the way the camera frames you and your victim together and zooms in as you close in, that kind of thing is, is brilliant. So I'm curious if we want to transition the discussion here. I want to kind of unpack maybe some ideas that are behind this game. And it is a joking game, like a comedy game. So in some ways, it's, it's a little silly to have a conversation like this about it. But yet, I think in this era of COVID and lockdowns and this whole idea of the town around us falling to ruin in some regards, Hmm. there, there is this allegorical or metaphorical kind of idea behind this game that we find very cathartic. We play as the goose as the, you know, the virus unleashed on the town, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but I'm curious if the game can be read as a metaphor and if, if you two see it that way.
1: I I definitely do. Like one of my biggest takeaways is as we grow up, we obviously mature and sometimes we kind of lose our connection of fun that comes with childhood. And an aspect of childhood is mischief. And like we yeah. are not expected to be mischievous individuals as adults. Mm. We're expected to be mature and you know be the the thoughtful ones, the idea makers and I think that's why this game resonated a lot, not just with kids, because kids by nature are mischievous, but adults, we don't have the opportunity to be mischievous and not face bigger repercussions than when we were children.
2: That That is so interesting.
1: Yeah, that's. I think that's why I found it such a cathartic and hilarious experience because mm. I don't have that opportunity, nor do I actually want to cause harm on others. But at the end of the day, while sure, this goose does cause the little wimp to trip. Uh, He's still okay, in a sense. I mean, he's scarred in regards to geese, but he's still okay. The shopkeeper still has her shop. The gardener has his garden, maybe a couple of less flowers there, but he still has his garden. And I don't know, I just found it as an interesting release of mischief without causing a whole lot of harm on others, if that makes any sense.
2: It seems like mischief, there's a goodness to it, or there can be.
1: <laughs> Probably. I, it, and I'm trying to think of what that goodness might be. Maybe just a personal search of joy. Maybe you need to be a little mischievous and be a, think a little bit outside of those straight edge, boring lines of adulthood to go after what makes you happy.
2: There's a constructive and a deconstructive part to mischief. There's the tearing of the thing down, right? The order, the chaos that comes when the mischief happens. But then there's something that is learned as a result of it. Like this game is all about discovery. Mm-hmm. What happens to the people when you mess with them in this these ways? It's like this human ant farm. And in some ways, like that's the the fantasy. It's being able to experiment with people in a way that you wouldn't otherwise be able to do i mean that sounds terrible when i say it but it can also be i think kind of refreshing a little bit if you think of people as not being totally destructible like all these people in the town are um they go back to their lives as you said natalie you know they're not really harmed by this so yeah what, what do you think justin
0: it, it kind of goes back to what I was saying at the beginning, that there are really low stakes. So whether it is for the player or for the people that you are causing mischief to, probably the worst thing that happens is a rose getting cut. You know, But in the grand scheme of things, this is very, very low stakes. When I was thinking about allegories or analogies, I was playing this game and I think you had made a comment, Ryan, about how this is a perfect COVID-19 game. And so I was playing it through that lens and I was just kind of shocked that it almost felt like this could have been set in a socially distant time. Everyone was at home. You know, very few people were working, maybe just the essential workers. Everyone was socially distant. The pub had reduced capacity and outdoor dining. So it just kind of all fit for me. The goose was not maintaining six feet apart. um, And maybe that gives another reason for the little boy to be running away from him. (laughs) We don't know. And just honking his germs all over the place. Going back also to what you were saying, Ryan, I do feel like this game honors curiosity and creativity. It rewards trial and error. Again, low stakes, there's no way for the goose to die. And there's no way for you to really set yourself back in any significant way. So Mm. just trying, there's a lot of freedom in this game. And going back to what I was thinking about the town and kind of a COVID era, it's a very restful, relaxing town. People were engaged physically in nature and creativity. And we're going to talk about some shortcomings of the town. But I also thought that this is the kind of town I want to take a retreat in.
1: <laughs> nice, simple, quiet. I mean, they have a nice park.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it was nice. And then the goose got in there. It
1: was, right. yes. And
0: then you realize
2: that they all had already made these signs with the goose. <laughs> right. <You know? laughs> because they've used them before. <laughs> the signs were there and pre-painted. All they had to do were get them out and display them. Mm. And that was probably one of the most hilarious things to me because it's like, geese can't read.
1: (laughs) So it means nothing to the goose.
2: (laughs) (laughs) what? What did they expect this to do? (laughs) (laughs) So I was initially tempted to think of the goose as a kind of metaphor for, you know, entropy, Mm -hmm. mankind versus nature locked in an everlasting battle. Nature will win, but mankind will never lose hope. You know, this kind of thing. But I'm actually... I'm more persuaded by Natalie's comments that there is a goodness to this mischief that can't be overlooked. And Mm. entropy is rarely good. Like, that's just the falling into chaos and darkness and cold. But in this game, like, the goose is actually exposing a flaw in the town, Mm. um, which is... It's so ironic that this cycle has been going on so long, and yet the town continues to do the same thing over again. Mm. You know, it's it's the adage that crazy is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Right. Mm-hmm. And the goose is totally exposing this flaw because the goose is doing the checklist. And it's it seems like it's always a new thing every day, but the town is always trying to restore it to this prefabricated state.
1: that's that's a great point like I think the townspeople that got to me that I found the most interesting was the neighbors with the backyards and you can tell they don't speak to one another that often Mm. (laughs) And, and yeah yeah your point of this goose exploiting a flaw of the town like there is something that isn't being communicated by a majority of the community and I see that the most with the neighbors, and I think it's evident in seeing how drastically different the personalities of those two are. Like one has a very prim and proper backyard, and the other one is very artistic and creative. Um, so who's to say one neighbor hasn't complained about like the artistic neighbor because they're not maintaining their backyard to like homeowners association status or anything of the sort? Because <laughs> I can I can see that kind of conversation taking place and. That's a great point.
2: You're so right, though. We all try to kind of isolate from one another, even not even referencing the pandemic, right? We all want our own little space curated and perfect. And you're not allowed to trespass on my lawn.
1: Hmm. Right.
2: So it brings me to perhaps my most interesting question that this game left me with, which is what is the town's flaw? Like, what is its biggest problem? Because the obvious answer would be the goose. (laughs) But if there is something even good about the goose and something that we find even wholesomely amusing about it, because we're not merely just laughing at people's pain, we're laughing at their best laid plans going to ruin. And there's something kind of silly about their best laid plans that makes watching the ruin of it, as you said, Justin, the low stakes kind of amusing because they Mm -hmm. think they're the high stakes
1: maybe it's I, I don't know the way i'm thinking of it is like we shouldn't take ourselves so seriously <laughs> in everything <laughs> i'm like, sure that gentleman was growing that prize rose and you're right to him the loss of that rose when it gets clipped is his high stakes how long did he spend growing it and priming it and like he lost all that time but at, at the same time, all I'm thinking of is you're still alive. <laughs> like, you mm. still, There was no massive high stakes that was very dire or anything of the sort. It's just a loss of time that can still, like, he can come back and grow another rose. And is that rose really worth having such a fight with your neighbor mm. who you're going to be living alongside with for a very long time?
0: Yeah. What it would be like to just have them come alongside each other and laugh at what's happening and have a bonding Mm -hmm. moment around, you know, the the low stakes (laughs) destruction that is taking place. I was inventing these
2: narratives as I was playing as the goose, you know, where I would honk (laughs) and then they would respond almost as if I was having some kind of nonverbal conversation with them Mm -hmm. and inventing kind of that interaction. But what's always interesting is that their response is to go back to their own thing and never to further engage Mm. with the goose. Mm-hmm. they they just they give a little bit of attention, wariness, and then and then move along. And it's really interesting how they refuse to really recognize that the goose is a part of their town. in fact, they they keep putting these signs out that say, "No goose allowed." And yet he is a part of their town
0: and has been for a while and yet is still kind of ostracized for it.
1: Hmm. Right.
0: The way you were describing, that imaginary conversation sounded like a dismissive, unengaged parent. Mm. Oh.
2: So I found it interesting that except for the wimp, which you might say is 12 years old, there are no like younger children in this game, yeah. probably for good reason, because you know, you can't go terrorizing children. <laughs> but but I could imagine like this, if, if they had this perambulator, that was behind a fence and a baby was in there, that like part of the game would be performing for the baby and the baby cheering, you know, or giving things to the baby. (laughs) Because it seems hand in hand with this game that children would celebrate the exploits of the
0: goose. Right. Like my children did when they played it. Hmm. (laughs) And you find a pacifier. So that almost feels like a way that the goose could have, yeah, engaged with the child, like almost caring for the child. But this makes me wonder if the town's
2: biggest problem is simply that there are no children in it.
0: Hmm.
2: And if the goose is like a metaphor for a child doing the things that children do, causing mischief, you know, pecking at the foundations of the orderly world around them to see how the blocks tumble, (laughs) then... Like, this town is a town that's, like, very opposed to children. Like, they're anti-children or post-children in their makeup. Mm.
0: And that doesn't seem like a model town at all. Right. Right. Have you guys seen the movie Finding Neverland? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I actually haven't, but I'm very familiar with the Peter Pan lore. Right.
0: There's a really interesting scene where they are at the premiere for the play Peter Pan and it's the elite of the town are there but then they bring in children from an orphanage and that's very off-putting to all these theater goers for a little while right and then this childish silly whimsical play starts and the children start laughing at it like a grown man acting like the dog Nana and this unlock something in the rest of this wealthy, affluent group that allows them to see the humor and find the joy in the little things and they end up laughing together and holding hands and, you know, having a wonderful moment around a story that we now know, you know, through and through. But that is the image I'm getting that like, like you were saying, Ryan, the the town needs children to help them discover even the child in themselves.
2: Hmm. No one is really laughing at this goose's, you know, silly things they're doing. But if you think it's got to be one of the most marvelous things in the world that this goose is so intelligent to create a picnic for itself. Hmm. (laughs) And and do a hundred other things besides, right? But... (laughs)
1: And, you know, now I'm thinking about that 12-year-old boy who is the only kid in the entire game and, like, how lonely of a childhood that must be to live in an environment without other friends that are his age. And now I'm I'm translating, like, the goose is, you know, like, wreaking havoc on him as, like, him trying to play with him, as him trying to, like, get him to be a kid.
2: Yeah, it is interesting because the goose can come across as the bully in that scene. Yeah but it isn't the only read on it i mean you can untie his shoelaces and cause him to trip in the puddle so i guess you yeah, can't <laughs> you can't be a bully <laughs> so. but it's it's interesting how a lot of the items don't necessarily tend along that kind of bullying path but rather a kind of just creative mischief mm-hmm. path and even you can play with the kid he's kicking a ball around yeah. and you can kick it with your beak and he doesn't really respond to that or play with you but he probably should because if he did i think a lot of players would engage in that fantasy of playing with this kid mm. just to console him or or you know share a bonding moment with one character in the game that is recognizing you know the
0: the fun yeah so one other thing that I feel like is a problem for the town and I think this is totally tangential and trivial but I kind of became a little fixated on it and just could not figure it out. So I'm going to ask you guys who is creating the to-do lists? Because they're handwritten on paper in cursive which seems to suggest that a human or other entity is setting the agenda for this goose. I think there are other ways they could have shown if it was a goose's to-do list, but I'm used to having just a little more motivation and rationale explained uh, when there's like a mission in a game and this game wasn't super interested in giving a background to where these to-do lists were, which is fine, but do you guys assume that they're written by the goose or is there another evil entity that might be, (laughs) as you said, Ryan, a bigger problem for the town <laughs> i'm getting dun 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 honk honk
1: i am honk. mind blown i'm like mind blown that i never stopped to ponder that like i just completely ran with the fact that this goose had a handwritten note and didn't <laughs> stop to think who wrote it for him and now i'm like oh wow who wrote this
2: oh, that is so funny
1: that's that's a great question yeah.
2: mind control <laughs> Would you kindly <laughs> goose yeah. Yeah. yes no it, it it does make you wonder if it's really the um you know the id of the player right mm. <laughs> the, the unspoken urges of the player wanting to get into the most mischief I uh, resonate suggestions with that. yeah yep. uh, on the part of the the player subconscious <laughs> to direct the goose toward the most entertaining ends mm. Have you ever considered stealing his keys? (laughs) (laughs) No, but I do now. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's funny.
1: The thing is, I'm like, as I'm thinking about it, I don't see it as the author being an evil entity. To the town folks, it might look like that. But I see, like, it might be this, like, bigger entity that is trying to just bring that childlike fun back to a childless town. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
2: It's a child's a it's it's a toddler's <laughs> to-do list, right? <laughs> you know, my, my kids used to entertain that stuff before I disciplined them out of it, right? And <laughs> you can't discipline a goose.
1: <laughs> oh, I love it.
2: But it does make you wonder, and this kind of takes it to a more personal level, should we all have lists like that? Hmm
1: to cause a gardener to hammer their thumb. Yes.
2: <laughs> that's like the literally the worst example you could have chosen out of that list, but maybe.
1: <laughs> I mean, the picnic one, I absolutely <laughs> I've been I've been wanting to like go on a picnic for a while and I don't know when that's going to happen in this pandemic, but it's I always like give that idea across to my fiancé like we need to have a picnic, like let's go on a hike and have a picnic and I mean, that's something I would absolutely have on my list.
2: But would you steal all of a gardener's stuff to do it?
1: <laughs> that I'm not quite sure I would do that.
2: <laughs> they were very asocial. You know, that you you might think of <laughs> you know, some kind of personality disorder with this mm, goose <laughs> if you tried to do these kinds of things. But, you oh, know, man. children are forgiven for it, mostly because they just don't know. But there is something very experimental with it, and... Perhaps there is a different kind of response on the part of the town. They don't have to be angry or chase the goose, but they could turn this into the highlight of their day. It's a mentality thing. Hmm. Even getting soaked, as the gardener does by that (laughs) sprinkler head, You know, there's, there's just a hilariousness to it. He could fall over laughing, but he never does. He falls over hitting his thumb, but it's precisely because he puts the sign out that puts him in that kind of harm's way. Hmm. And in fact, the same thing with the rose is when they put the signs out, right? Because the sign was blocking the handle to the crate with the rose. Hmm. And when that was moved, then you could drag the rose into harm's way. That's really interesting. All of the worst things that you do to the people generally happen when they put out the signs.
1: Hmm. Well, like now I'm thinking of like how many like how many bad days have you had where it everything that could go wrong has gone wrong and like how do you react to that? Because I'm thinking of several examples where I've just had what has been like the worst day of my life and the best reaction I can have to it is just to stop and laugh. (laughs) Yeah, like I'm I'm thinking of several of those days because I am already frustrated. Like, I've already been late to work. I locked my keys in my car. Like, what more can I do and being angry and carrying that kind of behavior with me around and, you know, displaying that on other people? That's not going to be constructive. I'm going to be harmful to others in that aspect. So I'd rather just can't like, I can't wait to get home and tell my fiance, Oh my gosh, guess what happened to me today? You're not going (laughs) to believe this.
2: Making a memory. (laughs) Yeah. That's such a fantastic takeaway. The ladies on that bench clap and applaud when they give you things to do and you perform for them and they're, totally tickled by the goose's behavior mm. and it's like one of the most heartwarming moments of the game because it's an actual positive
0: interaction with the humans in the game it felt mm-hmm. so good to do and i feel like that's also the only time we see two humans actively engaged in community you can cause other people to need to interact with each other on one level or another But I don't think anyone else in the game is naturally face-to-face emoting with each other. Yeah, it's true. They seem very
2: apt to laugh at the Goose's antics. Mm -hmm. And that stands out so differently from the rest of the town. Yeah, if only we could be more like that ladies on the pub bench. So, Justin, what are your takeaways
0: from this? I walked away thinking a lot about empathy. And again, I think part of this is due to how mean I was to the boy wearing glasses. Um, but in the game, (laughs) the goose is willing to watch and observe and learn what people do and what matters to them. And that practice of observation at its beginning could be used for good or evil. (laughs) <laughs> we we could have seen what people want and need and then just bring them gifts and assist in their endeavors. But this goose just does it to manipulate people and situations to its own end. Yeah, all to get the, like you said, umpteenth bell. So it just felt like there's a real lack of empathy and uh, relationship in this game, at least on the part of the goose. And my brother, Jordan, was thinking about uh, what people value. Uh, All the humans had those little thought bubbles over their head to show what they were thinking about or addressing. And um, they all had kind of a hierarchy of priorities. So you could, you know, misplace something else that they cared more about and they'd go after that first. But my brother was curious about what would pop up in our own thought bubbles if we were able to see our priorities. What would we get up to address what could we not be bothered by. Um, and just, you know, the, the goose had a strange advantage being able to see the thoughts of everybody around him. <laughs> but just kind of, yeah, what what do we value? So, yeah, just going back to that, doing everything to get the bell, I think could be seen on one hand as a nesting practice of a wild animal. But on the other hand, it could be seen as An example of avarice and greed and hoarding just getting what you want you know without consideration for others so I think that the reveal of the multiple bells in the ditch was one of the biggest laughs in the game for me because we've already (laughs) talked about that you come to realize oh gosh the town's been dealing with this and they probably will deal with this again but it just left me in a weird place for for, how do I appreciate this goose that has done so much wanton destruction or it could be it could be putting the town in its place right right and that's that's been the interesting part of this conversation for me because those parts of my notes that I was just going through are what I prepared so the conversation that we've been having is a completely different thought i think
2: of youtube entertainer and former nasa engineer mark rober who uh, did the glitter bomb videos and um, recently released that video where he made an obstacle course for the squirrels that were stealing his bird feed, <laughs> and and it was a delightful video watching you know of course the squirrels attempt and master the obstacle course and a celebration of their ingenuity, but also like the the labors that one man put into building this completely frivolous activity for the wildlife in his backyard <laughs> and that that is just not done like where are where are the mark robers in our town making obstacle courses for you know our geese mm. you know where where is it in the untitled goose game you know the the people who are looking at the ingenuity of Nature and facilitating it toward a delightful, productive end of, of that that learning and joy mm. uh, that that is present in wildlife. And I think further, if the goose can be seen as kind of a metaphor for the mischief of children, you know, are our towns, is my town, child friendly in that regard? Mm. There are playgrounds down the street, and I remember when I was a kid, I could just wander off to my playground in my neighborhood, and that was not an an issue uh, at ten years old. Right. And now I wonder if my ten year old when he turns ten, if that's going to be possible for him, hmm. or whether you know this this kind of societal danger or distrust of letting a child wander away from a parental figure. You know, doesn't just kind of keep them in lockdown. Hmm. I wish that more towns were part obstacle course, even, you know, as, as this conversation showed me, for my own self. Hmm. I'd probably love to attempt some of those obstacle courses. <laughs> we're too litigious, right? Like, we, we people would get sued if we ever did that, and that's just too bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm sure these townspeople would sue the geese if they could. Netflix has a new show called Floor is Lava, where nice. adults compete on obstacle courses, you know, and things like Wipeout have been successful for a number of years. So I think it's a weird thing to hear verbalized, but I don't think you're alone. We're watching reality shows about it. Right. <laughs> yeah.
2: Any game that brings me closer to my children, I cherish. Mm because there's a lot of um, well just lame games and this one was just pure delight to share with other people and it's that kind of like uh, reality tv watching other people do these things that you kind of wish you could try and that's it's so fun that games bring that to us Mm. any takeaways from you natalie
1: the best word that i can think of when describing this game as simplicity hmm. and how much joy can be found in simplicity and I love to look at the art style and graphic design of games and I'm constantly blown away by the attention to detail in some games like for example I'll cite uh, Final Fantasy 7 Remake I'm such a fan of that series and I played the original um, PS1 version, which is, you know, very blocky. (laughs) And to see some of my favorite scenes be remastered was just stunning. And so I love that dynamic, yet the simplicity of this story in Untitled Goose Game with the art style, the score, and gameplay, and how accessible it was to so many people, therefore it could be shared in such a wide range of ages and lifestyles. And the joy that the antics brought, like there was something about that that I think it's why I'm so attached to this game, why I'm glad it got so hyped and in rapid fire when it was released, the way it spread everywhere was just so funny and so amusing to see. And my biggest takeaway from all of that and just like the definition of simplicity is to not be ashamed of simple joys if that bell is the single one item in the entire world that brings this goose joy, oh. like that goose can have as many bells as he wants. <laughs> or if it's the fact that he has to go through that obstacle course and just wreak havoc on a town that brings him joy just to get that bell. Like, I, I think that's what that reveal like made me realize it's just like, go after those little bits of joy in your life and, and, It made the reveal so funny and, again, just made the whole game even more low stakes in a hilarious way.
2: (laughs) They were building the obstacle course all along. They just (laughs) didn't know it.
1: (laughs) Go after your bells. Don't let anybody get in your way.
2: And if someone wants your bell and they want it that bad that they're willing to, you know, trip the bouncer at the door by untying his shoelaces, maybe give them the bell.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Especially if that individual is an enormous bird. Yes. Oh my
2: gosh. Oh, this was great.
1: I love diving deep into Untitled Goose Game. Let me just say, I never expected this and I am so happy to <laughs> be a
2: part of this.
0: And like we've talked about, this game is probably the most accessible and straightforward, a little more sport than theater, than some of the other games that we're going to play. And we've got four more games coming up this series. So, Rai, could you just kind of give a little teaser for the next game that we are going to be playing together? Yeah, totally. Justin and I will be discussing the BAFTA award-winning
2: game Journey by that game company. It's available on PC and PlayStation. And this is a very allegorical tale uh, which Michael Abbott of Brainy Gamer calls the most vivid and succinct expression of dharma and the seven factors of enlightenment in Buddhist philosophy. And for one, I'm just excited to go back into this game. I've, I've played it before. I'm excited to introduce it to all of you and to experience again these uh, rich, evocative, visuals, like, non-verbal storytelling that happens through these scenes. Mm. Um, so, we're going to discuss whether there is such a thing as a spiritual journey, why it may be important to
0: embark on one, and uh, unpack that together. Wow. And that conversation will be starting on Facebook as you're listening to this so head over to the story geeks Facebook page and jump into the conversation about journey and feel free to keep posting about untitled goose game just because we've recorded this podcast does not mean the conversation has to end Natalie thank you so much for joining us for this podcast
1: thank you again it's always fun to be able to geek out about video games no matter how big or small they are
0: To our audience, don't miss that upcoming show on Journey or any of the other ones coming up later. Subscribe today on your preferred podcast provider. Remember, you can join the Story Geeks Club for free. The link to the club is in the show notes. And if you join as a VIP member, we'll prioritize your questions and comments here on the show like you heard earlier. Learn more at thestorygeeks.com. If you want more content like this, please let us know and consider supporting us on Patreon. You can head over to our Patreon page to hear a short recording of Ryan discussing three other games that you might enjoy if you loved Untitled Goose Game. Thanks for listening, and as always, question everything in your favorite geek stories.
1: And always seek the truth.